Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome back to Real Deal No Sex Appeal. This is Chris and Parker again. I know it's been a long time, but God, I wish it had been longer. Don't get it twisted. I love podcasting almost as much as I love writing, but this is a tough one. When I joined TerribleBlog.net, I knew Parker was going to make me watch some horrendous movies in a sick attempt to distort my mind. I thought, naively, bring it on. I paid money to see Sucker Punch, The Last Airbender, Cop Out, In the Land of Women. Anything he can throw my way, I can take it. As you can probably tell from the title of this episode, he made me pay my hard-earned Trump ration fun bucks to go see Transformers The Last Night. Released June 21st, 2017 by Paramount Pictures to their eternal shame. Before we dig into what will almost certainly be our biggest episode and likely will be a cause of great many headaches as I, as I uh, edit this afterwards, let's get to the news segment, aptly titled The News Segment. Parker, got any news? I'm going to kill myself. First up in news... We have The Disaster Artist, directed by James Franco, and not just directed by James Franco. Apparently, this little movie was directed in the voice of Tommy Wiseau, director, producer, writer, and lead actor of the original The Room. If this movie is half as interesting as the book, or half as funny as the book by Greg Sestero and some other guy, I, you know I'm going to be first in line. You know I'm definitely going to have to get, like, frontline tickets to that, and it's definitely going to win awards. Second up. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller have been booted off the Han Solo solo movie by Walt Disney Productions. Now, that makes sense. It, apparently the film was too light-hearted, you know, in tone. And if we know anything about Han Solo, it's that he's a very serious, dour, depressing character, and he's not going to have anything funny going on in his movie. So it's very important to get that sort of crap right out of the way. Final one, Elizabeth Banks, star of such movies as What to Expect When You're Expecting, uh, was it, Fred Claus, and the unforgettable modern classic, Movie 43, has declared that Steven Spielberg does not feature women in his movies. Uh, she was apparently forgetting about the color purple, and she apologized, rightly so, and I assume she's going to be forgiven, rightly so. Thus concludes the news segment. Parker, what movies have you seen recently? First of all, I'm just really happy you didn't include Power Rangers in those movies because you know what's important to me. What? Wait, what's the uh, what, what's the news about Power Rangers? Oh, do you don't remember that Elizabeth Banks is the Rita Repulsa? Oh, that was her the entire time. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I sure hope so. I'm gonna look stupid, but otherwise, no, she, no, I think she was. Yeah. Christopher, I've seen six incredible movies since we last spoke. They're called the Transformers of the movie. Maybe I should go first. Yeah, most likely. Uh, yeah, yeah. here we go. I'll go first. Uh, the first one I saw is one I told you I was going to watch, and I finally buckled down and I did it. I watched the 1978 Richard Donner Superman. That's Honestly, that's a really good movie. You know what else is a really good movie? 2007's Transformers. 
Well, I also watched a 1936 movie. It's called Showboat. It has one of the greatest songs of, of film history in it. It's called Old Man River, and there's a delightful version. I might even include it at the end of the pockets. It's just so nice. Uh, also, in 1990, I watched uh, an Iranian movie called Nemyan Yi Nazdik. It's that means close up. It's based on a true story, and it's about this guy who pretends to be a filmmaker. It's it's practically a documentary, and it's just not as interesting as people tried to make it out to be. So I didn't have a lot of fun with it. Also watched Il Conformista, which is an Italian movie called The Conformist. Also not really that interesting. I also watched The Black Coat's Daughter. Would you like to talk about that for a split second? Yeah, clearly I like that one way more than you. But not as much as I enjoyed Transformers Revenge of the Fallen also, and Transformers Dark Side of, of the Moon Silent and Shirts. Transformers Age of <laughs> Extinction. In the 1903 silent short, Uncle Tom's Cabin, I never really oh, got the same fuck. feeling as when I read the novel. I'm not kidding, I watched it. And the other one I watched is a 1907 short, and I will say it's the most impressive thing I've ever seen from the 1900s, before 1910s, I mean. It's called The Quotation Marks Teddy Bears. It's uh, basically Goldilocks told in uh, movie form, and it's a silent short, and I gotta tell you, for 1907, it's kind of impressive. It, they're using techniques that would become famous later on. It's like, she goes into a house, and they switch cameras to show, hey, she's in the house now. It seems basic nowadays, but back then, people didn't know what they were doing with cameras. So it was very difficult to stage, and the whole thing works out pretty well, until Papa Bear gets shot at the end. Yeah, the civil war between the Autobots and Decepticons has left Cybertron in ruins, and they need a new source of well, energon to fuel them, or they'll all die, Chris. Well, I also watched one other movie, and that was Transformers the... Transformers Last Night. All right. You put in a lot more work yeah. into this than I did, and I, it would be pretty bad if we delayed this execution any further. So you wrote plot summaries of all the Transformers movies. Let's cast our minds back now to 2007 with Michael Bay, Shia LaBeouf, and Megan Fox, and... Tell me all about Transformers. Well, for people who don't know, you hadn't seen any up until the last night, so I wanted to really fill you in and get you in the universe that we're going to die in. So, Chris, if you have any questions whatsoever, please feel free to interrupt at a moment's notice, okay? Really take the floor. So, before time began... <laughs> Wait. Excuse me? Before time began? How are we going to... I'm trying to, I'm trying well, to, I'm trying to explain, time Chris. Please don't. Before time began... There was something called an allspark. Do you want to know what that is, Chris? Yes. Uh, what, it's what a is big cube that's the source of life for all Transformers and can also bring electronics to life. Isn't that cool? Oh, I, I guess that makes sense. Hey, do you remember the mentioning the allspark in part five? No, I, I don't remember them mentioning allspark yeah, in part correct, five. Correct, even though it's the source of all their life. Yeah, you're right. So. I, I thought that... Unicron was like the source of all life, or Cybertron, or or Quintessa. I really feel like you're going to feel enlightened after all this. Oh, okay. You'll you'll show me the past. So a civil war erupted because, of course, it did, and then. So this is all before time began, right? Sure. It's a pretty. Good, that's oh, okay. a good question, Chris. We're going to power through. We're just going to get through this. Okay. So Megatron acts like Megatron, who I'm sure I, you recognize him, right? I, I don't... Yeah, he's a, he's a bad guy. He, he must be a bad he's guy. He's what we call a Decepticon. He, so he deceives other people and he's a robot. Does he do anything special? That's a great question. Well, war erupts okay. and all spark ends up on Earth. Do you know how? 
Uh, no, is this still before time began, or is time Those begun Those are both great point? questions. Thousands of years later, American soldiers are stationed in Qatar because it's a Michael Bay movie. I thought it was pronounced Cutter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have Josh Demel, Tyrese, and some other people, and they're talking about going to Hulk and how they can't wait to see their baby and all that. They're atta- Why is Tyrese in a Transformers movie? Because he likes money. Oh, well, okay. They're attacked by a giant Decepticon. I know what you're wondering. Will this tie into the movie later? We'll press Mm -hmm. forward and find out. Oh, well, alright. So back in the US of A, Sam Witwicky, or as I know him internally, Shia LaBeouf, is giving a high school presentation. Is that his real name? Sam Witwicky? Yes, of course. You don't. don't. No, I meant Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) We're not going to get through this, are we? (laughs) <laughs> Keep going. No, no, to the grindstone. So, Chris, do you want to hear more about his high school presentation in this movie about yes, Transformers? Yes, I do. That's good. Yeah. Well, you see, his grandfather Archibald Witwicky, the <laughs> famous the explorer in the 19th century. And one, I, one day, Chris, he went crazy, claiming he found a giant man frozen in the Arctic. Oh, uh, that's that's just like Transformers, right? Uh, the giant men frozen in ice, I guess? That's a pretty good question, Chris. But more importantly, okay. he has a pair of his grandpa's glasses, which, oh my god, I'm so excited for you to see how these come into play later. Oh, that's, yeah, he's probably going to use the glasses to, like, see the true nature of the Transformers or something. Let's go on. It's worse. So, Sam's dad takes him to buy a nice little shitty used car and a car lot run by Bernie Mac for some reason. He's in this movie too, huh? Yeah. Okay. So sooner or later he ends up with a shitty little yellow Camaro. Hey Chris, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> oh, get God. it? No. Oh, let's press on. Oh, so boy. he's cruising around, right? And he comes across. Oh fuck. Oh, that's right. Sorry. So he's cruising around. He comes across Michaela Barnes, which I know you're asking yourself. Doesn't that sound weirdly close to a female version of Michael Bay? Correct. Yeah, it does. Oh. So it's Megan Fox, who essentially spends the next two movies getting eye-fucked by the camera, despite the fact that she's, like, probably 20 at most, which is cool. Oh. And she's getting into an argument with her stupid jock boyfriend. Then Sam gives her a ride home. Hey, do you like awkward comedy about, like, teenage sexual tension and boners and stuff? Well, not particularly. Sometimes I like French movies, because, you know, they can have, like, expressions and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. So anyways, the army guys, you remember them? They're part of this movie. They go to a village to phone their homes, but wait a second. They're being followed. By what, you ask? Yeah. A a robot. It's always a robot. It's literally always a robot. These are the Transformers movies, after all. It's a giant robot scorpion, Chris. It's... Oh, did... I, I thought that they would transform into cars and trucks and stuff. Does this robot scorpion transform into a car or a truck? That's a good question. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> we're like 30 minutes into this movie, by the way. That's all that's oh. happened. We're only 30 minutes? Yeah. So they should have been over by now. Well, at this point, they airstrike the village because, lol, brown people, you're in a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> Sorry about your homes. There's a robot scorpion in the way. Well, there we go. 
This is when things get just really awful. So the Pentagon tries to alert President Bush, and you can just let that mental image. It's it's as good. President as Bush dealing with Transformers. Yeah, it's it's really good. Every time I look back at this page and see how much is left, I just sigh instinctively. Oh man! So there's a little bitty Decepticon named Frenzy, right? And I hate him right. with everything that makes me human. Why do you hate him? Chris, I want you to close your eyes and imagine what a like one foot tall, funny Michael Bay robot would look and sound like. <sighs> yeah, exactly. He hacks mainframes and you know downloads a bunch of files and stuff. Doesn't matter how about Archibald Witwicky in a secret branch of the U.S. government called Sector Seven. Hey, Chris, well, the, do we have enough Archibald characters Wh- yet? Uh, I can't keep track of all of them. Did you want to bring the government into this movie about robots? Not particularly. That's awesome, because good news, we do. Oh, so, fantastic. guess what? You know what else we bring in? A group of hackers. Oh, yeah. So now they, they can hack into the Transformers, right? No. Oh. We have 74 characters, and we'll press on. All right. So, Chris, who could be behind this? Russia? North Korea? China? Because it's definitely not robots. It's most certainly yeah. not robots. It, it, it must it, it must be some other secret shadow government, right? It's I mean I, all I know is it's not robots because uh, robots don't exist. The government would right. tell us if they exist, right? They, yeah, definitely. You can definitely trust the government. So Lady Hacker goes to her friend's house, and by friend I mean Anthony Anderson back when he was still in movies. Oh, two thousand seven is a nightmare of a time in this country. Evidently. You know why? Because he's the only hacker that can break the code. Which code? That's a good question. (laughs) At this point in the notes, I just wrote, I want to kill myself. If only (laughs) I had known. Oh, boy. Moving on to the 31st minute of the movie. So. (laughs) Oh, you wish that every single line of this wasn't ten agonizing minutes stretched out. Uh Long story short, Anthony Anderson cracks the signal, and then the FBI show up and arrest him. Doesn't that sound fun? Yeah, that's they're they're really helping the American people, I guess. All right, well, back to our main character, Sam. So he hears his you know garbage car starting up, and he follows it like, oh my god, it's being stolen, and then he just watches it transform because sure. So Bumblebee sends out a message like, hey guys, Earth's totally cool, y'all can come out and hang out, because we're almost an hour in and still you know don't have the Transformers yet. Well, we have Bumblebee. He's he's strong enough to carry a movie, right? I'm trying so hard. <laughs> hey, you know that funny thing where he just like talks through like different radio clips and stuff? Mm-hmm. Five movies of this I put up with. Oh my god. Five. God damn it. They get chased by a police car, blah blah blah. But it's not really a police car, Chris. What is it? It oh it's a bad guy, it's isn't it? It's a Decepticon. Yeah, he's deceiving you. You mentioned those at the beginning, so I, I definitely remember. It's like poetry. What the are. Yeah. So there's a it chase. All comes back. Nothing happens. And then Frenzy, he might remember I mentioned earlier. If not, that's fine. He's the little robot that makes me want to end my own life. He yeah, he, you said he's a foot tall. He's Michael Bay robot. You don't like him very much. He's the reason you'll find me hanging from the bathroom. Oh. Actually, if not him, it's it's next movie. We'll get to them. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll get to them. So he transforms into 
fucking Megan Fox's cell phone and hides in her purse. What? I just what? wrote here, They're... I want to delete what? all these things, but they all end up somehow mattering because it's such a mess. Oh my god. I, I keep, every time I, don't, I watch this movie, I remember how bad it is, and then I forget all of the plot, and then I look at it, and my eyes roll back in my head. One foot tall robot transformed into a cell phone? Yeah. It's the dumbest fucking thing I ever heard of. Correct. What happened next? Well, you see, the feds interrogate the hackers, right? And they reveal right. that there's a decrypted signal or whatever about the WitWikis and something called Project Iceman. And you can just imagine all the Top Gun jokes I cut out of here, because you and I both know I did. Yeah, we know that you have a lot of restraint. Speaking of restraint, let me tell you about Defense Secretary John Voigt. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god, you're serious. Oh, it hurts so much. Alright, so there's all the Autobots There's like five of them We have Optimus Prime, Ratchet, the Medic, Ironhide Who exists And Jazz, the one that's voiced by a black guy And says things like, sup bitches And it's really, really embarrassing to watch Now, how how did uh, Transformer learn to talk In a sort of like Black street voice, if he's from outer space? That's a really good question, Chris Thank you I'm sorry. I really enjoy the pauses every time as it seems in that there's no answer. There's never an answer. Uh, okay. Hey, why does he well, talk it's... black? Well, he made bad boys. The end. That's your answer. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> what happened next? Well, Optimus tells us all about the AllSpark that we heard about in the beginning is of the movie. Is this movie over yet? No, not even. We're getting there. Oh, the good geez. news is, like, the last 45 minutes of all these movies is, like, a paragraph long. It's like, ah, oh, dumb fight gosh. happens. Humans win. Army Not a surprise. I mean, you can tell me to skip ahead, but you're going to miss the good no, stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Optimus Prime does what now? He explains the AllSpark, which you'll remember was explained in the opening fucking credits. Right, it's the source of all life for Transformers before time began. Well, you see, Chris, Megatron searched the galaxy for it, right? And right. Sam's grandpa found him frozen in the ice. That's Sam's the... grandpa found Megatron frozen in the ice? Yeah. He called that a giant man? Yeah. I, I just googled Megatron. He doesn't look like a man. He looks like a giant transformer bot. Correct. When he All discovered right, so he him. found the leading receiver in Lion's history and then what? Don't patronize me. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, he accidentally activated Megatron's navigational system in which, Chris, I really need you to bear with me here. It imprinted Cybertronian script onto his eyeglasses. So, oh, come on. Hey, guess what, Chris? His glasses lead to the location of the AllSpark. So he could have used any glasses for this, right? He didn't... Oh, wait. So the... Move on. I was going to let you sort through it, but yeah, we'll press on. But they wanted the Decepticons want the AllSpark because they can make a new army out of robots and wipe out the Earth. But why uh, Earth? Why, why, why do they want to destroy Earth? It's a very good question, Chris. I've been asking that for five movies now. Okay. A recurring theme in my note was just me typing, just fucking go to Mars and then deleting it. So, to give you a hint yeah. for the rest of this franchise. Alright. So you got all that, right? Yeah, well, got is kind of a weird That's phrase to fantastic. use That's fantastic. So we go back to Sam's house, and we get a scene that made me really consider. 
just telling you something came up and I couldn't do this. Which was... Right. Well, you see, you can't just let your parents see you have giant robots, right? Right, yeah, so you gotta course, hide them. Do these robots in disguise turn into vehicles to hide? That that would, you know, that would make sense. You'd be like, oh, I got these cool cars, right? They're not actually robots. But wouldn't it be funnier cool. if giant robots played hide-and-seek around his house while his what mom and dad fuck? banged on the door and be like, hey, you masturbating in there? What? Are you fucking for real? They they don't do that. It's like some fucking like, never-ending story part three. They don't play hide-and-seek around them. Well, Chris, after that incredible scene... There's another chase. The Sector 7 government people are like, hey, you got the robots we want. But then the robots save them. And then John Turturro gets peed on by Bumblebee. The, what? I. This is actually happening in all these movies? Because, like, half of these sound, like, made up. I had what could essentially be called the worst week I've ever had in my life. And I've had some downers, but watching all of these in a row has nearly broken me. Oh my god. I want to reiterate, I watched four of these in the span of three days. So John Turturro gets peed on by Bumblebee, the yellow Camaro giant robot. But then they all get captured, Chris. Because the government is bad. The military's cool, but government bad. It's a very important key and easy to remember from here on out. So they are taken along with the hackers who are still in this movie. To Sector 7's secret base in the Hoover Dam. Oh, the, they have a secret base in the Hoover... Okay, hey, yeah, Chris, that's a good place to put a... Do you want to know why the Hoover place. Dam exists? Why? To cover up Megatron in the Allspark. What? That doesn't make... It's it's there for the water and, and energy, right? Yeah, that's what the government wants you to think. But it's actually to conceal Megatron, who we've used to reverse engineer to create all of our electrons. I just realized something about Transformers the last night now. He's been doing this sort of thing since the very first movie. Okay, yeah, uh, Hoover Dam exists for the Transformers now. Okay. You see, like I said, they reverse engineered him for Make All of Our Electronics. Because I don't know if you know this, Chris, but the idea of us figuring out how to make a fucking electronic can opener. All Megatron. All Megatron, baby. He... Okay, I... What? Alright. So, how do they display to you that the AllSpark brings technology to life? I don't know, tell me. Giant Mountain Dew vending machine, baby. What? Wait, what? (laughs) They just touch a piece of the AllSpark too and it comes to life. But when the AllSpark brings things to life, it always wants to murder organic life. And do the do. Exactly. Chris, I guess you could say we have a real code red over here. Uh, yeah. Commence Operation one. Baja Blast. Oh, man. This is a high-voltage thrill ride of a movie. <laughs> Alright. And it's over now, right? I'm sure you'd love that, but we haven't even gotten to the big battle where you can't tell who anyone is. Oh, man. Alright, so, Frenzy, if you'll remember, sneaks out of her purse. That way he yeah. can send a bunch of signals saying, Hey, Decepticons, we found the AllSpark. Beep, boop, beep, bop. And then a bunch of Decepticons respond, including Starscream. Now, you'll hear that name a lot. He's a major character in the cartoons. He does nothing for three movies before being murdered. 
I, I remember hearing about Starscream, but I don't know who he is or what he did in any of the movies. Well, in the cartoon, he's Megatron's second-in-command who's always trying to undermine him and get him killed so he can be in charge. But in uh, the movies, yeah, he's just he's the second-in-command. That's it? He's it just... In sentence, just second-in-command. Oh. Well... Isn't that cool? Yeah, I, I guess. If I had watched a cartoon, I'm sure I'd be upset about this, but... Yeah, Star I didn't watch it. I'm upset because I had to watch this movie. And by movie, I mean five. It's, uh, Just a reminder that if you go on the Wikipedia page, it says the runtime is 760 minutes for all five of these. Oh my god! Just do the math of how much of my life I can't get back now. It's longer than Sutton Tongo. I had a fucking right. existential crisis. It. Oh. So Starscream, right? Second in command. Yeah, they show up, and then Autobots show up, and then they leave the Hoover Dam because they have to fight. So, let me find my place here. <laughs> oh, God. I accidentally <laughs> scrolled back up, and my eyes just started crossing. All right, so Optimus tells him, like, hey, guys, if we can't win, I'll sacrifice my own life. How do you ask? By absorbing the Allspark, destroying both the artifact and himself. Really important you keep that in mind for later, because, oh, man, is it dumb. Right. All right, so Megatron gets unfrozen. Sam convinces John Voight, who this entire movie calls him Robots, and it's the funniest thing on earth. Why does he... <laughs> he keeps calling him, we got giant robots here. <laughs> it's so good. I can't tell if he's doing it on purpose or not, honestly. I love it. Like, uh, hey, I'd guys. like to think that's really John Voight. <laughs> it gets so much worse. So he's like, hey, stop zapping Bumblebee. We need him to fight Megatron. Ah, I'm in the Allspark. <laughs> like, it's massive, like, the size of a house. And then Bumblebee touches it, and it just, like, converges down to this really, really, like, convenient little cube you can carry around. Why have right. it big in the first place? Fuck yeah. if I know. Oh, my God. So, the Autobots take the Allspark, and they go to a nearby city. Isn't that cool? The protectors yeah. of the human race prepare for a showdown with the Decepticons that will probably kill like 100,000 people. Let's see. Well, I saw Batman v Superman, so I'm ready for this sort of thing. You say that. I said similar things once. We haven't even gotten to Mark Wahlberg. We're still ways away. Man. Dumb chase. Decepticons die. Don't care. The military shows back up. We're, yeah, I guess the military's still in this, huh? Hey, so you remember in part five, the one military dude that keeps working with my friend Kate Yeager? Yes. He's in the first three of these, by the way. Oh, so he's probably like a fan favorite that they just had to bring back. He is a character, yes. He is a character in these movies. That is what I will say. Fantastic. Okay, so, Josh Duhamel, cool army bro, tells Sam, like, Hey man, take the Allspark to the highest building and call for evac helicopters. Which, like, I thought Autobots could just transform into helicopters, but I think that's just for the bad ones for some reason. I, I, I suppose so. It's at this point, Jazz, who I'll remind you, is the one that is supposed to be black. Just gets ripped in half by Megatron. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I guess that's kind of a middle finger to the audience who... Really liked black jokes. Michael Bay fucking rules. 
Yep. Also, a reminder: in the original, Jazz was voiced by Scatman Crothers. You're welcome. Oh God, really? <laughs> I always just imagine him as that cute little robot, and then just Jack Nicholson screaming and bearing an axe in his chest. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just I, I I can't believe that Scatman Crothers was still alive in 2007. He died. No, not in this one. Shit. Man. Oh, never mind. No, in the little cartoon, he died like right after Orson Welles. Actually, that movie claimed a great actor's life. And also Orson Welles get got <laughs> Bang bang <laughs> So Scat uh, Not Scatman Crothers Other uh, other guy who talks jazz. like an urban black youth Because that's what Michael Bay thinks of different people uh, That's yeah, a recurring theme There's going to be a lot of that in your future People that yeah, are different So he gets ripped in half He doesn't come back for the other movies right? No he's just fucking dead Oh, he never comes back. Okay. So Optimus and Megatron have their big fight. Megatron wins for a bit and chases Sam. Optimus chases, catches up. It's really interesting. They fight some more. A bunch of Autobots and Bumblebee and Tyrese are shooting down Decepticons. It's it's really good. It's loud noises. You can't tell what's happening. It's great. You're making it sound like the climax of this movie was state-of-the-art special effects. Isn't that exciting? I don't know what you're implying. It is a white-knuckle thrill ride start to finish with amazing visuals. So we're almost at the end, Chris. Just bear with me. Thank God. So Megatron is just too strong for Optimus. And Optimus is like, oh my God, put that cube in my tummy and kill us all. And Shia Buff's like, nah, dude. So he puts the cube in Megatron's chest and it kills him. Oh, I... Okay. So, so Chris, I, I, get... I know you're asking yourself, why wasn't that the plan from the beginning? Yeah, why couldn't they just do that? So the good guys win. Oh, well. Bumblebee. We happy ending. Here's a real important thing. Bumblebee's able to talk now. He talks in his oh. regular voice. He wasn't talking at the beginning of the movie? Oh, no. He was just using the cool radio clips. How You know how he does that oh, in part right. five? He oh. does that in all of them. But right here, he can talk. So keep that in mind for the end of part five. Yeah, so he has his own regular voice. Who's, who's he voiced by? Anyone significant? Who could possibly care? Oh, uh, well. I was staring go. at the runtime. Bumblebee's like, hey, I'm going to stay back and protect Sam because we're friends now. And all the Decepticon corpses are dumped in the sea. It's really funny. Alright, guys. So that's our podcast about Transformers. Next week, we're going to So Optimus Prime is like, hey, guys, the AllSpark is gone so we can't rebuild Cybertron. Fucking wink, wink, the next five movies. Hey, Cybertron's gone forever, guys. So Cybertron is their robot planet, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So he sends out a message like, hey, Autobots, Earth is cool. Just come live here, which seems like really fucked up. Like, hey, just come invade this planet. And the movie Who ends. sends out that message? Was that Bumblebee <laughs> saying, hey, it's okay to come by? Or Optimus Prime saying, come on by? Uh, both is the correct answer at different points what in this movie. What the fuck? And the this movie ends. Our, you can't just come in here. With Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox making out on top of Bumblebee. And then Linkin Park starts playing. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what the worst part of that is. Uh, the Bumblebee and Lincoln Park were probably making Fox making out with Shia LaBeouf. The weird thing I've taken away from these movies going back is like, I feel so bad for Megan Fox. Like, there is no scene where she's not like basically just having the camera zoomed right up her butthole. Like, I feel so terrible for her. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that... I don't know a whole lot about Megan Fox, because like I've said, I, I haven't seen these movies, but I did see... Um, 
fucking what was it called the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Michael Bay one where she's in that one too and even that one's like really exploitative it was like look at Megan it's just a bunch of turtles talking about wanting to fuck her it's the grossest thing I've ever seen I know it's man I, I, I don't know why she keeps making these movies besides the fact that obviously there's a really good paycheck in it for her, but like, man. Yeah, like, the way that he treats women, I'm, I'm not happy about it, but I'm sure that gets better in the second movie, right? Oh, Chris. Oh, my beautiful, sweet summer child. So I'm going to preface Revenge of the Fallen by saying this one was farted out during the writer's strike. So I got to oh. cut a whole lot out. Because we do a lot of going from point A to point B to C to D to E to F just to like get one line of dialogue. It is excruciating. Alright, let's 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 start this sucker off. Well, Chris, thousands of years ago. Wait, okay, so this is after time began, right? Yeah, this is after time began, but thousands okay. of years ago. Thousands of years ago, okay. There's a race of Transformers that scoured the universe in source of Energon. Because what is Energon? It doesn't matter. Oh. But basically it's the catch-all, like it's the fuel, it's the life source, it's all that. It's the catch-all thing. It's the fuel of the life source, which would be all sparks, so Energon fuels all sparks. Okay, I'm, I'm making notes about this. I'll just give you my notes, and you'll see how long they are, and you'll feel such pity for me. Okay. Alright, so the premise gets dropped next movie. None of thing about Energon's gonna matter, so whatever. Alright. So these They're Transformers, who are all primes, which, yeah, turns out there's more than one prime. Isn't that cool? I, That doesn't actually make sense, though. Prime should be, like, the first one, or, like, the most important one, or right? He doesn't know what a prime number is. Don't worry about it. Oh. Alright, so they're primes, which means something to someone, and they use machines called har- sun harvesters to drain stars of their energy and convert it to energon and power the allspark. And at this point, I already had a headache before the title card came up. Oh, this is before the title? Okay, oh, yeah, we're on. still in the prologue. And we're halfway <laughs> through this paragraph. Alright, let's go. You see, Chris, the Primes had one rule for harvesting stars. You couldn't What's do that rule? on a planet with life on it. But okay. you see, in 17,000 BC, <laughs> one of the Primes, who will be called the Fallen, get it because it's called Revenge of the Fallen? Okay, so now we know what the title's about. You see... He creates a sun harvester on Earth. Now I really need you to stay with me here. The remaining primes imprison him on, like, Saturn or some shit, and then sacrifice their bodies in a massive explosion to encase the Matrix of Leadership, which is the key that activates the sun harvester. What? Okay. There, there's so much in there that you gave... I, I don't... Okay. So they trapped this prime on Saturn because he created a sun harvester on Earth, which did have life in it uh, in in 17,000 BC or whatever, and they killed themselves because of the Matrix and Matrix... What? Alright, now we're at the title card. Good. Oh. (laughs) Now that you're caught up. Here we go. I can't promise to ever say the Matrix of Leadership without laughing, but I will try. This is why we need writers. You gotta pay the writers. Well, you don't need to pay writers when you have what is essentially about 30 minutes of Sam Witwicky going to college, baby. Oh, man. He's in this, too? It is excruciating. 
So, like, what other, what, what kind of wacky college antics does Shia LaBeouf get caught up in this time? Chris, I would love to tell you, but first I need to tell you that Optimus Prime is leading a military task force. To do what? To hunt down Decepticons, silly. Oh, that's, okay, yeah, U.S. government working hand-in-hand with giant cars that transform into robots. Makes uh, sense to me. Yeah. Can you tell this was written during a writer's strike and they wrote it in three weeks? As soon as you told me the title, Revenge of the Fallen, I was like, yeah, that's probably the result of someone not getting paid enough for putting words down on paper. Oh, but there are so many words on paper, and I can't wait to get to all of them. Oh. So they go to Shanghai, because you might as well start early, start getting that money in. And they kill two Decepticons, like, the Fallen will rise again. It's like, yeah, I know. I paid for a ticket. I know he will. Then we go back to the U.S., and while packing up, my friend Shia LaBeouf finds a shard of the destroyed Allspark. He wa- and once he touches it, his mind fills up with Cybertronian symbols. How how does that work? It's a good question, Chris. He leaves that shard, you know, that like just completely breaks his mind, with right. Megan Fox to keep it safe. Well, that's good. She's trustworthy and really smart, right? Well, there is a cool scene where he tells Bumblebee, like, hey, by the way, I'm leaving you behind to go to college. And while he's, like, having this heartfelt moment with this robot, it just keeps cutting to her outside, stripping out of her clothes into something skimpier. What? Uh, I feel so, so awful for her every second of this movie. She needs an apology from someone. Well, she chose instead to call Michael Bay Hitler, which is why you won't be seeing her next movie. But oh, I digress. So he's leaving her and Bumblebee behind because he's going to go across the country to take some business management horseshit instead of staying home with his hot girlfriend in a robot car because this movie was written for 12-year-olds. It's probably written by 12-year-olds. Please don't discredit the director of Bad Boys, comma, Bad Boys 2, and Armageddon. Going on. Sam goes to college... And there's a hilarious improv of his mom eating a pot brownie. Oh, that's, uh... That that happens, I guess. For a very, very long time. Well, the good news is that means that we're, like, what? We're good 45 minutes into this movie now, right? I don't want to lie to you, Chris. So I'm just going to press on. Okay. We also meet his roommate who, imagine my surprise, when he follows him the rest of this movie. But he runs an alien conspiracy website. Well, that makes sense that he was somehow able to get into a college. Yeah. So a Decepticon called Soundwave, who in the 80s cartoon was literally just this giant like cassette player, and it was really funny, is not a cassette player anymore. So like, why even bother bringing him back? That's a good question. He just hacks a U.S. satellite... And then in five seconds learns the locations of both Megatron's corpse and another hidden shard of the Allspark. Isn't that conveniently written in a short amount of time to get from point A to point B? Uh, yeah, I guess so. But uh, alright, fine. He's, he's making the movie move quicker. It'll be over sooner, right? Yeah. So some government guy's like, hey, the Decepticons are here to hunt down all these Autobots, so why don't we just make the Autobots leave? Yeah. I'm that, serious. That's, yeah, that um, that's what I would do, I guess. The president, which is just the president, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be still be George Bush because 
you have to really just like bury your anchors in the real world so these movies have depth to them right he wants to boot him out of here and Tyrese is like hey what if we kick him out with the Decepticons attack anyways and they're just like ha, don't be stupid you fucking idiot you goddamn fool <laughs> it's just I hate I hate for a long time this was the one I hated the most but we'll get to we'll get to the new one eventually yeah I eventually yes so the Decepticons retrieve the shard and use it to resurrect Megatron. We're halfway done with this movie, right? Not, no. Oh, okay. I can, I'll try and skim faster, but like you have no, no idea how much I cut just to get to this. It's I excruciating. So they find the shard and resurrect Megatron, and then he flies to space, and him and Starscream are like, Hello, the Fallen. What's up? And he's like, Hey, get me Sam Witwicky so we can find the Matrix of Leadership. Oh, it you are. mentioned them before. I was hoping that they wouldn't actually come back. That makes two of us, buddy. So Sam is having a bunch of like numerous mental breakdowns, and he's writing on the walls in Cybertronian. Because I don't know if you know this, but people with mental disorders are different. And that's really funny to Michael Bay. He loves oh. people that are not him. They are the best source of comedic gold. I don't Evidently. care that my voice cracked. I'm not fixing it. Fuck it. That's okay. So Shia LaBeouf calls Megan Fox for help, and she leaves to come help him. How? Eh? I don't know. What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean you don't... Oh, help him how? I said she gets there, right? She gets there safe and sound. She probably drives Bumblebee or some bullshit. Oh, she gets there. Yeah. So she shows up in time to see a hot, sex crazed co-ed straddling Sam. But it's a classic not-what-it-looks-like situation, Chris. And the movie about cars that transform into giant robots, we have to do that? Oh, it gets better. So Megan Fox storms out, and the girl reveals herself to be a Decepticon. Wait, what? No, hold up. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you can, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, okay, because you said she was like a girl, right? Yeah. And she transforms into a, a giant robot? She has a giant tongue that she uses to grab on the <laughs> What the fuck? No. Come on. I mean, all women are evil. If you've seen any How Michael Bay movie, I, you know that. You can't. She's a little, what, five, six? She would crush heels? him to death. Wouldn't you feel like, hey, why do you weigh 600 pounds, tiny white girl? 600 pounds. 600 tons? Come on. How would she go to. Chris, Moving on. Chris, these are all good questions. But eventually they they just like push her out a window and kill her. And oh, then, hey, why don't they do that to Megatron? That's a good question, Chris. But don't worry, they get kidnapped. Who's they? Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf both? Who else would it be? These no, well, I thought maybe John Voight got kidnapped. We'll have eighteen more characters shortly. Oh man. Oh, I'm sorry. The roommate gets kidnapped too because he has to be part of this movie. I'm sorry. Oh, that's good. Uh, the alien conspiracy guy. I trimmed him out as much as possible, but he is one of the most insufferable people in these movies, and that says a whole lot. Oh, it it does. So the Septicon's gonna remove Sam's brain, but then Optimus and Bumblebee show up. You sick of that yet? Are you sick of no. people getting kidnapped and the rescue by Autobots? Me neither. No, that's that's my favorite part of these movies. So a big dumb fight breaks out, and then Megatron just straight up murders Optimus Prime, like, halfway into the movie. 
Whoa! I thought Optimus Prime was one of the most beloved characters in Transformers history. Yeah, it's almost like I bought a ticket just to see him and not Shia LaBeouf. Getting humped by a Decepticon. So Optimus also a girl. Prime is dead. Optimus Prime is dead, which, I, if you remember, they made a 1986 movie where, like, the death of Optimus Prime, that was a real tearjerker. That ruined some kids' lives. That was a big deal. He just gets stabbed and then explodes. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of impact to it. Oh, gee. Uh, well. Alright, so. Pressing forward. With Optimus dead, the Fallen is freed from his magic space prison, and the Megatron orders an assault on Earth. Because, why not just take Mars? It's empty. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. They're a robot. They don't need to... I'm over it. Okay. So the Fallen broadcasts a message of world. It's like, hey guys, give me Sam Witwicky or we'll keep attacking. Sam, Michaela, the roommate Bumblebee, and my two favorite robots, Skids and Mudflaps, show up. Oh, Skids and Mudflaps. So you like them more than... Whoever that guy is from the first movie that you didn't like, Frisky or whatever. So I'm going to say this. This movie came out in 2009, right? Right. I hadn't seen it until this last weekend, like start to finish. I had heard for the last eight years how fucking racist they are. Yeah, okay. I, I, I will pause you right there. I've also heard that they were racist. I was like, how could how could they be how could they be racist? They're, they're you know, cars that transform into giant robots. It's so much worse than I'd imagined. Like, it's my, basically like a minstrel show, but they're robots. Oh, they no. They talk exactly how you think they talk. They have massive ears, and they have robotic gold teeth. It's oh, like, they got grills? It's really hard to watch. And it's... How did they learn how to talk like that? Did they learn it from watching TV or something? Most likely. There's a lot of roughhousing and them just getting into a whole bunch of shenanigans and stuff. Oh, that's like, my favorite imagine, part of these movies. Imagine how you think anyone that listens to Alex Jones would do an impression of, like, a black youth thug. And that's how they talk <laughs> the whole movie. I just got, like, a chill up my spine thinking about that. And, like, the worst part is, like, I don't think Michael Bay's racist. I think he's, like, literally just too stupid to understand that it's offensive. This is just, like, what he thinks is funny. Uh, like, I don't well, think there's any ill will in it. He just thinks it's funny and that people will think it's funny. And they probably yeah. did. You know what? I bet a lot of people laughed in the theaters. As someone who lives in Texas, they probably did. Yep. Okay, we can power through these last four things here. No, oh four I, things. I can't believe I got it down to four, because, like, man, All right. there's a lot of movie left. I'm not sure how I did this. So with an alien monster demanding Sam be turned over, his roommate suggests they go find his online rival, who goes by the name Robo Warrior. Isn't that cool? Is he played by Kevin Smith? Even better, our friend John Turturro is back. What? No oh, longer working for the government. Please <laughs> tell me that Bumblebee tries to pee on him, but in adeptly comedic timing, he pulls out an umbrella. It's actually even funnier because he's working at like a meat shop for some reason. Oh, hey, you want to know how I know I wrote this at 4.30 in the morning? Wow. Because in all caps I wrote, more like Barton Stink, and then moved on. <laughs> 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 so okay. John Turturro's like hey guys those symbols should be readable for Decepticons which I assumed we knew an hour ago in the movie but apparently we're just going to tell us that 
And then some awful little robot things like, hey, I can't read it, but it's the language of the primes, which is a thing. So they go meet a Decepticon named Jetfire. How, how come the little robot knows that? That's a good question, Chris. Oh. So Jetfire's at a war museum or some garbage, right? And they right. reactivate him with the AllSpark. So he's a massive plane, and he tells him, hey guys, we need to go to Egypt. Jetfire, who is a massive plane, teleports them. Wait, but... Well, can't, can't he just fly them? It's a why, great why question. The... It's a very good question, Chris, but we're really pressed for time. Yeah, uh, okay. Jetfire explains that only a prime can kill the fallen, because that's how these movies work. He translates the symbols, which contain a riddle. <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll why, to... why, did the, why did the Transformer Primes write riddles? It's a great question, Chris. But I can't stress enough, we don't have time for questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they find the Matrix of Leadership hidden in the desert. They follow a bunch of clues. They find it. <sighs> hey, Chris, you remember the beginning when I said they all blew themselves up to hide it? Yeah, I, I don't think that was a very sound strategy, but okay. What if I told you that human beings built the Great Pyramid of Giza around it? You, no, come on! <laughs> you, the first the Hoover Dam, now the Pyramids of Giza? Those... That, that's someone's culture. Someone, people worked really hard on those, and there's been all these years of study going into the year. Tell me, they're about transformers. Did those people who built it? Did they happen to be rich and white? No, they they weren't. They they were Egyptians. Uh, I believe they were they were either black or Jews or some other uh, minority. So you would say they're different than Michael Bay? Yeah. Are you telling me that Michael Bay thinks that they had giant robots that transformed into cars helped them out? Your culture is a punchline to Michael Bay. Don't ever forget it. Also, thanks for the money. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Sam picks up the Matrix of Leadership. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta stop you. Is this gonna lead to a mummy transformer? No, it's actually way more embarrassing. Oh, man. So he picks up I don't want to say it again. He Do picks it. it up. The Matrix of Leadership. Oh, but guess God. what, Chris? It yeah. crumbles to dust in his hands. But don't worry. Oh. He scoops up all the dust anyways, just in case. And then John Turturro calls Josh DeMello and be like, Hey guys, bring me Optimus Prime's corpse in the middle of the desert in Egypt for some reason. So they just have Optimus Prime's corpse they've been holding on to this whole time? Yeah. Okay. So I basically have the last 45 minutes in one paragraph here. So fucking you are a saint. buckle up, because there's, okay. there's a lot to unpack here. So the military arrives, but guess what, Chris? So did the Decepticons. Uh-oh, that's not good. There's a big, dumb battle, and they formed the Decepticon Devastator, which is a bunch of little Decepticons combining to form a big one. You know, there was another franchise that I, I watched where they had a bunch of smaller robots join up to become a big robot it's funny i don't remember what it's called so you can move on because essentially as i've written here it's like voltron except this one has two giant wrecking balls as testicles what yeah they could just put on like some truck nuts or something no no it's fun that you bring up voltron because you'll a recurring theme is it's like hey you remember this thing michael bay remembers it too so we'll just do that there's a lot of that in the last night, by the way. I'll take your word for it. Oh, 
You will indeed, Chris. Yeah. Well, okay. Wrecking Balls has testicles. So he unearths the Sun Harvester hidden in a pyramid, but he gets killed by the military because that's the movie I showed up for. That's probably for the best. We don't want him to use a Sun Harvester, otherwise he'll harvest the sun and everyone will die. That'd be terrible. Mm -hmm. The Air Force carpet bombs the Decepticons because, again, why would you want to watch Transformers fight each other? Exactly. That's not what I paid money for. But in the midst of all this, Megatron kills Sam Witwicky. No, I was hoping he was going to make up with Megan Fox. Sam goes to Robot Heaven, where he's contacted by the Dynasty of the Primes, who tell him the Matrix was within him all along. No. Revive him and rebuild the Matrix leadership. What the fuck? (laughs) No, come on. (laughs) This is what. That's a dream sequence, right? Hey, if you want to watch this movie and tell me I'm wrong, I I implore you. Never mind. So it was in him all along, and they revive him, and then Sam revives Optimus, who destroys the Sun Harvester and then beats the Fallen. So, boy, you know, when you see a movie with a title like Revenge of the Fallen, you think, oh, that's that that sounds like the Fallen are the good guys, that they're going to be coming back and it's like, yeah, we fell, but we're going to keep on fighting. We're going to persevere through it all. Turns out the Fallen were the bad guys. Yeah, he just gets murdered in two minutes, and then Optimus sends another message to space, and then another Linkin Park song plays. Because Shia LaBeouf went to giant robot heaven. So, th- is that the end of the movie? Yeah. Okay, so you describe all this, and this sounds really bad. This this one makes me upset. It's uh, I mean, the first one obviously that I mean, there's some problems the way you described it, but this one sounds horrendous. Boy, you can tell. Yeah, there was a writer strike, probably a very serious one, and one that uh, Michael Bay used to just cut costs. Ordinarily, you you pay the writer. All right, you always pay the writer. The writer is the one who is responsible for this vision coming to the screen. I mean, as much as I love the auteur theory, you know, it's not the director who makes the movie. It's not the actors who make the movie. It's the person who comes up with the idea. He's the writer. And then he, he writes the dialogue. He writes the scenes. He says, this is how it's going to be. You, you pay the writer. Otherwise, you end up with Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen. The good news is that after this, people realized it and they said, you know what, that was terrible, that was stupid. We're not going to be fooled like that. We're not going to see any more movies. So our next podcast... Uh, Thousands of years gonna... ago, the civil war on Cybertron between Autobots and Decepticons wages on. No, oh, come on. The Autobot leader Sentinel Prime, and Chris, I want you to bear with me here, voiced by Leonard Nimoy. Oh my god. Attempted to escape on a ship called the Ark, containing a whole bunch of goodies that will help the Autobots win. How long is this one going to be? Moving on, Chris. I'm sure you're asking yourself, why would he leave the planet with things that would help them win the war? Yeah, well, that and a bunch of other things. Like, how is this movie even greenlit? That's a great question, Chris. But the ship gets hit by missiles and is lost in space. Oh, so... Until 1961, when NASA detects the Ark crashing on the moon. What? So... Oh, did I fail to mention this movie's called Dark of the Moon? Uh, well... I was hoping there would be, like, a Pink Floyd tie-in here. 1961, NASA notices that Leonard Nimoy robot's ship crashes into the moon. They're not gonna... This is what starts the space race, Chris. Because we have to beat the Russians to find out what it is. No. 
No. No. No. In 1969, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin explore the Ark. No. You know, I'm not kidding when I say I've never seen these movies before, and I I did myself a kindness. I said, you know what, Parker's going to be reviewing all these and going through and writing up a a plot summary. So I don't need to go through and look through these on on my own. They go to the moon to find the Transformers? Just everything in, in history is about the Transformers? Oh, we'll get there with the Wit Wiccans, Chris. <sighs> oh my god. I'm gonna find Jesus Christ stapled to the back of a Transformer. <sighs> is it because he's a carpenter, Chris? fucking damn it don't worry Chris we'll go to present day where the Autobots and the military are still working together to hunt down Decepticons oh good well yeah they were doing that in the they haven't got all the Decepticons yet where are they all hiding it's a great question Chris but instead of answering that I'd like to describe the funniest thing I've ever seen in a movie okay this must be great alright so all these movies take place in like basically present day the presidents always line up and all that so in 2011, the real-life fucking Buzz Aldrin meets Optimus Prime. They, they actually had Buzz Aldrin come into this movie? Buzz yeah. Aldrin plays himself? Yep. Buzz oh. Aldrin tells Optimus Prime, the giant robot truck, it's an honor to meet him. And Optimus is like, no, no, it's an honor to meet you. I... Ugh. Optimus you Prime. Know, I, I'll, I'll say this. This is something that they probably like would have done on like Captain Planet or nineteen eighty six Transformers or something like that. Optimus Prime is a robot from another planet. He's been alive for thousands of years, and he's humbled to meet the second guy to walk on the moon. This movie's incredible. But it gets better, Chris. Cause during a mission in the Middle East, because they're not countries there. It's just the Middle East. Josh Dumel, army dude, returns and is informed that something weird is going on at Chernobyl. Chernobyl? I'm sorry. I couldn't get through it with a straight face. Chern- uh, well, Chern- oh, man. This, well, hey, you know what? This, Even though Chernobyl was a place that led to the death and mutations of several hundred people, maybe even thousands of people... Maybe this will maybe this will somehow be a positive. Like they'll have like mutated transformers that look really cool, right? Well, they positively find a fuel cell from the Ark, which means the Russians also went up there and explored it. Yeah, that's what Russians. Would do. All right. Oh, also, there's Decepticons and there's a fight. Who cares? Are they like really cool and mutated looking? Do they have like six arms or something? No. No. So they go back to base, and Optimus is like, Hey guys, why didn't anyone tell me that you just had this fucking ship that belonged to my leader that was going to save our planet? And they're like, Hey, we don't have to tell you, buddy. So the Secretary of Defense is played by Francis McDormand, who once again, another Coen Brothers actor, just cashing in that sweet, sweet paycheck. Oh, you gotta get paid somehow. Bathrooms aren't cheap. Well, that's right. So Optimus and Ratchet, who wasn't in the last movie, I don't think, they fly to the moon to inspect it. There they find the weakened body of Sentinel Prime, who's, I guess, just been sitting on the fucking moon for decades. He's 
All right, yeah, that's that's where I would hide too. But there's also five strange pillars that I'm sure won't come up in the climax. On the moon? On a ship. Oh, on a sh- well, whatever. Same difference. Yeah. So Megatron's hiding in Africa. Wait a minute, his ship has been hiding on the moon. Yeah. You wouldn't say he's been hiding on the dark side of the moon. Let me consult my papers here. Yeah, that checks out. That doesn't make sense scientifically. That's not how the moon works with the sun. There's there's no permanent dark side of the moon. It's always changing. Uh, Did you see the movie? No. I don't think so. Pressing on. Megatron's in Africa. And he's still all beat up from almost getting murdered last movie. Yeah. So it's him, Starscream, Soundwave, and a big robot bird. But wasn't Starscream a, a bad guy? Why is Starscream hanging out with a good guy? Don't worry about it. None of this matters. You did say Optimus Prime, right? At some point in there. I, <laughs> I don't, keep getting him. It's literally all Megatron. blur. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what I just said. So Starscream's hanging out with a good guy, uh, even though he was supposed to be a bad guy. Okay, fine. Yeah, Doesn't matter. There's a giant bird. Megatron gets told that Optimus recovered Sentinel Prime, but Megatron's happy. Oh no, could this mean some sort of twist in the end? It could. It will. Probably brothers or something. Do robots even... Nope, moving past it. Okay, good. Sam Witwicky has graduated college, and he's having trouble finding a job. Oh, that's... I'll just uh... let you live with that for a second. Doesn't he have, like, a really hot girlfriend and and, uh, a really nice car that transforms into a robot and all these other giant robot buddies? He also has a Medal of Honor from the president. Well, employees don't always look at that. Shia LaBeouf can't find a job. Yeah. It's it's probably like those job apps where they tell you to submit your resume and then type out each place that you worked. I would just, like, scan a picture of my medal and go, hey, so are you hiring me? Because Obama thinks I'm cool. Those, those fucking millennials are so entitled. Here's my robot friend. Here's my medal from the president. And do you think the world owes you a living? <laughs> Pull yourself up by your Autobot bootstraps. Yes. So Sam Witwicky lives in D.C. with his new girlfriend because, as I said, Megan Fox called Michael Bay Hitler, which is not a smart move when Steven Spielberg produces your movies. That's right. She's blonde. That's it. That's her character. Do you know the actress who played the role? She was some model. I I didn't even write it down because she does I, nothing. Somehow I'm not surprised. It's not worth... I have so much limited space left in my brain at this point. I just... I don't... I can't. Ladies and gentlemen, models are not actors. There's a huge difference. Moving on. Speaking of actors, Sam lands a job working for John Malkovich. And he is doing... Very John Malkovich things. Oh, that's exactly what I like to hear. I love John Malkovich. One of the only bright spots. I won't shit on him, because, like, he's just doing it up to 11. Like, I'll be in your garbage robot movie, sure. You Straight want eccentric. an Oscar for Con Air. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so, I know you're asking yourself, aren't there enough different, like, plot lines going on? Yeah, I don't even know, like, everything that's going on now. Sam visits his girlfriend at her job and meets her boss, Patrick Dempsey. Oh, he's in this movie too, I guess. Just imagine my surprise. 
We're going to get to like the fourth movie. Daniel Day-Lewis is going to be in it. Oh my god, could you imagine? Which, side note, it's hysterical that he retired from acting the day all the reviews from Transformers 5 came out with Anthony Hopkins. I think it makes sense. <laughs> He's like, I think it makes this. a lot of sense. This craft is ruined. It is. Uh, moving on, Transformers 3, which is still going on. So Patrick Dempsey's a little too close to Sam's girlfriend. Oh. I hope that doesn't come up later. Yeah, that'd be really weird. Yeah, it's almost like it wouldn't fit in this movie. Yeah. Moving on. Sam's at work and he's pulled aside by my favorite actor, Ken Jong. Remember, remember the late two thousands when we had to deal with him in every goddamn movie. Oh yeah, do I ever? There's a hilarious gay panic moment in the bathroom stall. That's just gay people are different, man. It's funny. They're not like oh. us straights, us cool straight dudes. He gives him a bunch of papers and he talks about the dark of the moon and the Autobots are in danger. And then the robot bird knocks Ken Jong out the office window and then he tries to kill Sam. And this honestly goes on for like 20 minutes. What the fuck? It goes forever. Uh, they must have put a, a lot of time and care and thought into this action scene. It must have been really well shot and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say that. So, Chris, Sam goes to the headquarters, and Optimus Prime uses the Matrix of Leadership to revive Sentinel Prime. That's... Are you excited? Okay. Are you excited yet? Yeah, Sentinel Prime. I don't even know the difference between him and Optimus Prime. Go on. One's Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Leonard Nimoy wants to know where all those pillars are. He's like, hey, there's only five left, and they're locked up. And he's like, but if we have them, we can open up a bridge through space and time. That's Which seems okay and like not a problem at all, just to have us bridge through space on Earth. Right. I wonder what's gonna happen. Oh, it's it's gonna to be totally unexpected. So Sam keeps talking about everything Kim Jong warned him about before getting killed by a giant robot vulture, but the government just doesn't listen. The government, oh. man, they just don't know how to do things right. If the military were in charge Autobots mm -hmm. would be just murdering brown people all day. That's exactly what these movies need more of. So Sam wants to investigate further, and he calls up John Turturro, who's in this movie. Still in these movies, huh? So John Turturro and his assistant, Alan Tudyk, during one, doing one of the most embarrassing accents I've ever heard, come to help Sam because we need more characters, Chris. I need more so this movie's got to be more than halfway done. I don't want to talk about it. Oh. So they look over Sam's notes and it's clear like, hey, all these people who cover up the Ark on the moon are either missing or dead under mysterious circumstances. And by mysterious circumstances, robots. Sam's girlfriend finds out he's getting himself into trouble, but she's upset because she lost her brother in the war. So she storms off to go meet her boss at his mansion, which is probably not cool. Well, what does her brother dying in the war have to do with this battle of Transformers? She can't lose someone else she cares about. Oh, or yeah, how insensitive of oh, Shia LaBeouf. There's a bunch of nonsense. They meet Russian cosmonauts that tell them that before Americans landed on the moon, satellites revealed stacks of pillars like the five recovered with Sentinel Prime. Somehow, I honestly don't remember how, 
they realized like wait the conspiracy theory is true which obviously we knew 45 minutes ago and the Decepticons need Sentinel Prime to activate the pillars so they stole a bunch of them but left a couple so the Autobots could revive him make sense? No? no great like I honestly read that summary I was like I don't I don't remember that in the movie how did that happen but I wasn't going to go back under oh, any yeah. circumstance I'm definitely not going to cross reference that so let's get oh my god they try and escort Sentinel back to headquarters but they're attacked and then they destroy the Decepticons and return to base so that scene didn't matter they were ambushed but then they killed the bad guys and got to base anyways but then guess what Chris what Sentinel Prime made a deal with Megatron uh, why, why did he do that he wanted to end the war and rebuild Cybertron. Oh, well, that's... Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, Megatron will find a way to end the war. He's a good, peaceful sort. Yeah. Yeah. So he kills Ironhide, who I did not know was Ironhide until someone... Who's Ironhide? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't know who he was until someone went, Oh my god, they killed Ironhide! So I wrote his name down, because that means something to someone. I don't even know who that is. Same. He destroys the base and takes the pillars, and Optimus is like, oh, jeez, and the Secretary of Defense is like, this is all your fault, because movies are written by children. Evidently. So Sentinel Prime joins Megatron and Starscream, who are both in this movie, at the Lincoln Memorial. Hey, remember when I said I was going to reference Planet of the Apes? Uh, I... What if I told you that Megatron shoots the statue and then sits on the giant throne? Oh, no, come on. <laughs> it's so good, man. These movies are made for babies. So, ro- yeah, I know, that's why I've seen them all. Oh, well. So, Robot Leonard Nimoy aligns the pillars in the reflecting pool, while Megatron explains to us, I guess, because he's just kind of just talking out loud, that they were supposed to meet up but after he got the Allspark, but then, you know, dumb shit happened that made the first two movies happen instead. Oh, yeah, of course. Optimus shows up like, oh, I'm going to stop you, but then he's like overpowered and then has to run away before he dies again like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And then they activate the space bridge and a bunch of Decepticons come through because, of course, they do. That's not good. Oh, my God. How is there still so much left? Oh, my God. I'm having like a mini panic attack. Earth is about to get shit house, and Sam's like, oh, my girlfriend. So he goes to her house, but she's not there. But wait, Chris, she said she went to her boss's place, so he goes there. I wanted to leave that part um, in, just to put you in the mindset I've had to live with. God. Hey, what if I told you that McDreamy's dad was actually an accountant that cooked the books at NASA, and that's why there haven't been any moon landings since they found the Ark? I would ask you why you know the name McDreamy. I'm not proud of most things I know from the last hour of talking. There you go. Well, moving on, I guess. Patrick Dempsey's working with the Decepticons, Chris. Oh my god, how is there so much more? God! Uh, Sam is contacted by the Labor Defense, and they meet, and then the UN receives a message from Robot Leonard Nimoy saying, Hey, kick the Autobots off Earth and we'll stop attacking. So we do. And then they attack anyways. Wait, you, they, they kick the, the Autobots off Earth. They literally where, put where them in a spaceship them? and just launch them into space. So they're just sitting in space? 
but you see, as soon as we sh- we shin the rocket off, Starscream blows the rocket up, and then the Decepticons attack. So what? Why they said that they would stop? I know, right? I can't believe the Decepticons deceived us. Get it? It's clever. It's good writing. It's good writing, Man. Chris. You, you can't trust the Decepticons. It's a good thing the government will never make that mistake again. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Nitro Zeus. Yeah. What kind of name is Nitro Zeus? That's a great question, Chris. <laughs> so the Decepticons plan to rebuild Cybertron by bringing it through the portal and use the Earth for resources and use us as slave labor, blah, blah, blah. But it's mm-hmm. worth noting, Chris, that Cybertron is shown as being, like, way bigger than Earth. Does that match what you saw in the fifth movie, by chance? Not even close. It's It looked like the size of a playground. Yeah. But wait a second. There's dissension in the ranks, because Sentinel reminds Megatron that Megatron's his ally, not his leader. Wow, I've never seen a movie before, so I hope nothing comes from that. Right, that's, yeah. It's not going to be a power struggle or anything. So there's a big attack, and the humans try and fight them off, but then the Autobots appear like, Haha, we hid in the booster rocket that detached, so we were alive the whole time. Bunch of stupid shit. They're like, this last third act is honestly like an hour long, and it's nonsense. So I skipped past it and just said a bunch of bullshit happens. Sam destroys Starscream, and it's the worst. Starscream, like a longtime fan favorite for the last three decades. Just murdered by Shia LaBeouf, because fuck you. Uh, well, okay, there's Starscream's death. At least I don't have to wonder about him hooking up with Optimus Prime anymore. Remember in part five where Megatron just has his head? That was cool. And by cool, I mean these movies are trash. Uh, but by that, I, I, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah, I was watching part five. Uh, whatever, I'll get to it. <laughs> so Sentinel Prime activates the Master Pillar, which activates all the space bridges. It starts Cybertron starts materializing in Earth. It's really good. Then Optimus blows up one pillar, and then it stops everything because, of course, it does. Yep, that's the way it works. Sentinel and Optimus fight. Sam rescues his girlfriend. It's just loud noise, and it never ends. Sam's girlfriend tell oh my god. Uh, Sam's girlfriend tells Megatron he will be forced to serve Sentinel Prime once Cybertron is restored instead of being the leader like he always wanted. And that that gets Megatron to attack Sentinel Prime. Optimus really? was That's... about to be murdered and this fucking foreign model's like, Oh, you gonna have to serve him. He's like, Oh shit, and he fucking attacks him. It's Oh my god! You, so it's like the climax of Aladdin. It's like ah, you'll never be as powerful as the genie. <laughs> yeah, but does Aladdin have robots? No. Correct. It has good actors and songs and like vibrant animation that you can tell what's and, happening and a sense of joy. Well, you ain't never had a friend like Megatron, Chris. And a three X structure. <laughs> I feel and like I'm on Act Seventeen decency. and nothing has happened. Alright, so, like, Optimus is about to die, Megatron attacks, and he's like, hey, Optimus, you and I should work together, and Optimus is like, are you fucking kidding me? You've killed, like, thousands of people. So Megatron tries to- saying this, right? No, this is Megatron and Optimus. Sentinel's just kind of hanging out and almost dead now. Uh. Megatron's like, hey, Optimus, let's be best friends and work together, and Optimus is like, fucking no, you're like Robot Hitler. So Megatron tries to shoot him. And then Optimus brutally murders him by ripping his head clean off. 
I, are you sure about that? Because in part five, he came back with his head. That wouldn't make sense to just bring him back, right? Yeah, you're right, Chris. It wouldn't make sense. So we're almost there. We're almost there, Chris. Just hold on. Okay. So after that, a very weak Sinnoh Prime's like, Optimus, I'm so sorry. I wanted to save our race. And he begs for mercy. And then Optimus, our hero, just shoots him in the fucking head. He shoots Sentinel in the head? Yeah. He just blows his robot brains clean out while he's begging for mercy. That's something that a hero beloved by fans of this franchise would definitely do. Yeah. A bunch of nonsense happens. There's portals and the pieces of Cybertron all evaporate for some reason I didn't look up. And then Optimus Prime sends out another message like, Hey guys, we're going to live on Earth. Because we can't ever, ever, ever bring Cybertron back. And then Lincoln Park plays again. Now, why why are they always in this? I mean... The first trilogy is essentially Shia LaBeouf, the army, and Linkin Park. Those are your through lines. That's... Before we get to part four, I, I will say that it's just another one I'll probably delete, but it's like, so far the most ridiculous thing you've said is that Shia LaBeouf was getting dry-humped by a Decepticon. <laughs> it's so good, dude. Oh my I god. I genuinely had no also, idea. Also, there's a previous scene where she's like trying to hook up with him at a party, and then she follows him to his car. And there's like a 10 minute, oh dude, these movies, like, everything I describe happens three times as long at minimum. They just, they're agonizing to sit through. So Transformers 3 is done, right? We we got the ending because they played Lincoln Park. Yeah, we got to Lincoln Park. Well, that was bad, that was idiotic, and it was pretty insulting, and they did the moon landing thing is all about Transformers. And Shia LaBeouf, I know that this is the end of his trilogy, so he's not coming back in the next one. Oh my god, there is a next one, isn't there? Chris, Age of Extinction is two hours and 45 minutes long. Oh, I will say, that before we even get into this, that I know that you want to see it, because you saw the poster where Optimus Prime is riding a robot dinosaur. Look, if you want me to apologize for having an interest in a movie with a robot dinosaur, you're not going to get it, first off. Uh- Okay, let's get You know it. me well enough to know, like, that's going to get me there. Imagine the my surprise. between Decepticons and Autobots rages on. Well, actually, Chris, we're going to go a bit further back. What? Okay. To 65 million BC. What? The creators plant seeds that turn organic life into transformers stuff no it, it, okay come on the opening this, of this movie is the creators carpet bombing the dinosaurs with robot stuff what so that no oh okay hold on just fucking so the these seeds transform organic life into transformers so you can't that's that's this so they throw a seed at a t-rex it becomes a transformer t-rex Sure. And you stayed in the theater after this. I've never walked out of a movie. Me neither. Dip, dip, Despite boy, I've been tempted to. Um, I was tempted to last weekend. Yeah, me Spoilers. too. That was the one. Got ten minutes in, I was like, you know, this ticket was sixteen dollars. I feel like it's still early enough. I can get that money back, and I can go do yeah. anything else. All right. So seeds turn organic life over the trees. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. But in those my will life. come back later. Those will all oh, return. Oh, oh, they'll return, Chris. Because okay, it's been three let's... years. 
three years since the Battle of Chicago, and the Transformers have been outlawed. Uh, Transformers are illegal now? Why not just Decepticons, you ask? Yeah, that's they're the bad guys. Great question. CIA agent Kelsey Grammer. What? <laughs> oh my god. god. He's begun a campaign to hunt down and murder all Autobots and Decepticons. But you Was see, Lawrence Chris, Olivier in the nineteen eighty six version? Do they just get all these classic actors and just put them in these movies? It gets better. No, because Kelsey Grammer's not working alone. He's working with an intergalactic robot bounty hunter named Lockdown. What? <laughs> it's like, it's like close your eyes for the series. And imagine Kelsey Grammer talking to a robot. Named Lockdown. Just so you know, the every time I wrote his name, I just imagined him falling off stage. <laughs> we have to hunt down Optimus. Oh, good lord! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the mercenary team finds Autobot Ratchet, who you might remember me mentioning twice in four movies, and they just fucking murder him. Like, straight up, just send him to hell. Robot oh, hell. Well, that's yeah. That's that's where they go. Oh man, do you think the robot devil from Futurama is in charge of robot hell? Yes. <laughs> I wish I could do that Robot's voice stuff. instead. I'm just gonna pretend. Oh my god. So they want Optimus Prime's location because he's the leader of the Autobots. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's uh okay. I mean, it seems a little dark to start with, like, murdering this Autobot from, like, the original series. So right. we're going to unwind in Paris, Texas with inventor Cade Yeager. Oh. Mark Wahlberg. So Mark Wahlberg's name in these movies is Cade Yeager. Couldn't they have come up with anything better than that? I mean, you could ask that blanket question after everything I've said for the last hour now. Uh, who do you think has a worse name? Sam Witwicky or... Kate Yeager. Kate Yeager, definitely. Yeah, Kate Yeager. Wit Wiki sounds like an. Honestly, I think that is a name from the cartoon. I'm not positive because I was Even born if in it 1990. Is, make it okay. That's such a I mean, it's like name. a. It's a name you would give a kid in a cartoon, not Cade. Well, I've never met a Cade in my life, and I pray I never have to. Kate Yeager. So, him and his partner, TJ Miller, who's in this movie for some reason. All right. They're investigating an old movie theater for any pieces of machinery they can salvage. But strangest thing, there's a big old semi-truck and the theater owner doesn't know how it got there. They're looking in a movie theater for machinery? Yeah. Alright. Why, why would a movie theater have uh, like machinery like that? All they got are cameras. I worked in a movie theater. There's not a whole lot of machinery over there. That's a good question, Chris. Cade buys the truck and takes it home to strip it for parts. His 17-year-old daughter, which I cannot stress enough that she's 17 years old, and you'll find out why later. Oh, no. His daughter, Tessa, Cade and Tessa, she's not happy. Because, you see, Cade is an inventor, but he sucks. Which, in part five, you know, you only see him as the super cool guy who helps, like, save robots. Yeah. In this movie, he's fucking garbage, and they're dirt poor, and the house is being foreclosed on. And he just keeps making garbage that doesn't work to try and pay for her to go to school. Oh, no wonder she's upset. 
everyone that was a dumb, broken, useless piece of shit like me. Oh man, I must have written this at six a.m. Oh man! <laughs> at this point, I was just ready to die. Uh, well, you and me both. So at this point, there's a bunch of like, "Hey, I'm gonna repair the truck," and then he, re- he repairs it and gives my favorite line when he just yells, "I think we found a transformer." It's well, incredible. Jesus. So T.J. Miller, who is still in this movie, is like, hey, we should report it because we'll make thousands of dollars and then he won't be a dirt poor farmer making shitty robots for no reason. Kay's like, no way, man. We have to save the robot. And then Optimus Prime transforms and almost kills all of them because he thinks he's in danger. Oh, Optimus that's... is like, oh my god, I was ambushed and I told everyone to go hide because that's our leader. Telling all the Autobots to hide out instead of fighting back or just fucking leaving. Why not just go? All your friends are dead because he won't just go to fucking Mars. But I digress. So the movie's halfway over, right? (laughs) Oh, just wait. So someone reports that Cade bought the truck and the mercenary team, they'd show up at his house. Wait, so had someone reported that he bought the truck? It's just a truck. It's not a big deal. Yeah, you're right. Military or something? Probably. Who cares? No. Their leader threatens to blow his daughter's brains out unless Cade gives up to Optimus' location. Optimus Whoa. hears it and he comes out like, and he buys enough time for them to escape, right? Yeah. But wouldn't you know it, Tessa's boyfriend Shane, a rally racer, happened to be coming by. You know who else oh. is surprised by this? Our friend Cade Yeager, because his daughter's not supposed to be dating anyone, because it's that kind of weird dynamic. <sighs> so they drive around... And then Lockdown like throws one of the grenades that looks like the start of the movie where it just transformified and completely fucked up all life on Earth. And he just Pompeys TJ Miller to death as everyone else gets away. It makes no sense. Lockdown, the robot bounty hunter. Oh, Lockdown. Just sends him to hell immediately. Which is funny if you read the trivia because Michael Bay didn't think TJ Miller was funny. TJ Miller, the funniest person in any of these movies. Not cracking Michael Bay up, so he just gets <laughs> murdered by a robot. Oh my god. So they get away, and everything I just described, that took an hour of the movie. Oh man. Feel free to apologize whenever. To apologize. I'm gonna apologize for asking. Oh that was right that was just like to any god listening. I deserve something. I deserve mercy. So Optimus takes Cade, Tessa, and Shane to a gas station, which we get a cool scene where Cade's like, hey, why are you dating my 17-year-old daughter? And he's like, hey, it's cool. Legally, it's okay, because we've been dating since before. What? Yeah, he pulls out a thing in his wallet that shows, like, hey, it's actually legal for me to fuck your 17-year-old daughter. It's all cool. Is this played for laughs? I mean, I was laughing really, really hard. I don't know if I was supposed to be, but I was dying. Isn't this Australian? Way, oh, I can fuck your daughter. I, I can I fuck a child, mate. <laughs> I don't know the which Texas of these bitch. Is worse. Come down to it's the like dirty either, south. Either fucking, either what's his name? Either Michael Bay is playing this for laughs, and he's making fun of pedophilia, or he's like, no, it's okay. Or there's some producer who has a lot of stake in this movie. Like, look, you want to make CGI dinosaurs? I'll give you the funding. But you need to include something for daddy. 
<laughs> okay, so moving on, Shane loves Tessa. Aren't all these names fun to say? Uh. Correct. So Optimus takes them to Monument Valley where they find the other Autobots because there's like three left at this point. Hound, who's a fat one voiced by John Goodman. Drift, who of course is a samurai, so he's voiced by Ken Watanabe because why wouldn't he be an Asian oh, guy? Oh man. And then Crosshairs, like, I, don't know, I guess he likes guns, who's voiced by John DiMaggio doing I don't know what. And then Bumblebee. Still. And those guys all showed up in part five, right? Yeah. That's like the only time they've actually came at all. This movie, like, one of the few things I liked about it was, like, they were all different bright colors. Like, Drift was blue, Crosshairs was green, Bumblebee's yellow, Hound is fat. Like, you can tell them all. No, he's blue in this one. Why is he red in the next one? Good question. I don't fucking know. I hate these movies. What the fuck? Why would they. I guess he Whatever, scanned a different care. car because you can just scan a car whenever. But why not do it all the time? So if you're in hiding from the government, no, I'm over it. Okay, yeah, all right. It's almost like uh, they're being hunted by the so government. They a bit, so right? wouldn't wouldn't you just change to a different vehicle like every day so they can never track you? I would absolutely do that, even if I was just bored. Also, I'd probably just go to the fucking moon and hang out because it's probably better than hiding in a. In a junkyard. Yeah, you could just hide on the dark side of the... No, whatever. I'm See? Yeah, you're getting it. Hey, do you remember in part five when Cybertron hit the moon and then the arc was still there? That was a cool little shout out to us real fans. I genuinely don't remember that at all. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll rewatch it one day. No, 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 no. If we ever like, meet up, I'm just going to sit you down like, all right, man, I got something to watch. <laughs> got a nice little foreign movie for you, bitch. <laughs> It's a Chinese cut with eight more scenes in Hong Kong, bitch. <laughs> oh, no. So the Autobots are like, hey, why are we being hunted down? That's not cool. So they do a bunch of boring investigating. And that leads them to a company called KSI, which is headed by Stanley Tucci, who's essentially just doing a Steve Jobs impression. Oh, well. That's and honestly, clever. it's probably the best part of the movie, because Stanley Tucci knows what movie he's in. Okay, that's, well, that, you know, something for him, I guess. So the Tooch has been working with a Chinese entrepreneur, of course, and Kelsey Grammer to make man-made Transformers. Oh, well, those will surely be as good as the other ones. Boy, howdy. So they're studying the remains of Megatron, Sentinel Prime, and other pieces of hardware and shit they found in Chicago, and they've created a metal... Chris, I want you to guess what that metal is called. Transformicon? You're actually really close. Was it Transforminite? Transformium. Oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed <laughs> I didn't get that immediately. I'm embarrassed that I heard it in a the theater and didn't leave. <laughs> Transformium? And they say that over and over again. Oh my god. So here's how it works. You, you can basically just make it like any kind of electronic thing you want. So it becomes that's, a no, bunch of... Okay, no, hold up. That's, <laughs> that's such a stupid... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, Chris, Look, listen. I, I took a couple engineering classes. You can't just, just... Yeah, so here's the explanation of how this metal works. You can make any electrical thing you want. Any, no, fucking it, Michael Bay movie. This is fucking third grade. <laughs> Yeah, but when you were in physics, did you ever use Energon? No. Well, I'd probably shut the fuck up then if I was you. 
So Energon fuels. Don't worry, it's never mentioned again. It doesn't matter. The Auto Star, which begets Transformium. Is there Transformium in the seeds that transform the T Rex? No, whatever. Over it. Oh, you think you're over it, but you're not. So anytime they want to transform, it becomes a bunch of like little shitty CGI cubes, and then they rearrange in a shape, and it looks awful. But one thing it can transform to is a Beats by Dre pill, which is held in front of the camera for like five seconds. Oh my god! It's so good. <laughs> I just need them to like rotate a little bit so they see the copyright symbol on the back. Like he holds it there, and then he just like turns it into a gun because it's a Michael Bay movie. It can either be like sold for profit or be a big ass handgun. He's oh incredible. Yeah. I wish I had his career. He's making trillions of dollars. <laughs> okay. Off of so, people like me. So they discover Transformium. God. So they've made a drone based on Bumblebee called Stinger. But their biggest project is named Galvatron. But the problem with it is they want it to look like Optimus. But it keeps looking like Megatron. Isn't that weird? Yeah, they're... Well, wouldn't they just use, like... Couldn't they go up to ask Optimus to, like, use some of his parts so they could make a Transformer based off of him? Oh, they're too busy trying to murder him. Oh, well, why why would they murder him? They could just... They want to make their own... Okay. That's a good question, okay. Chris. Yeah. Oh, so, Cade Yeager infiltrates KSI and uses a drone to send back footage of what he sees... Including the severed head of Ratchet just being melted down for all that sweet, sweet transformium inside him. So the so the inventor who's got like no special agent experience is able to infiltrate this place. Yeah. Okay. So Cade gets discovered and captured because of this one thing I love in this movie. It's people getting captured by federal agents. So Kelsey Grammer's like, hey, tell me where Optimus Prime is. Cade's like, I ain't gonna tell you. And then Optimus is like, oh, you killed my friends. And then him and the Autobots go into the facilities. And then they rescue Cade and everyone leaves and there's an action scene and nothing happens. So we're what? Like a third of the way through this movie? I can only pray. It's at this point that I noted that the entire movie, Mark Wahlberg only calls him B and I hate it. I hate yeah, it so I, much. I, I noticed that during the fifth movie. Just keep Calm calling down, B. B. And I, I, I realized only like halfway through the movie, it was like, oh, he's, he's calling him just like the letter B, which is probably short for Bumblebee. Because the whole time I thought he was just calling him B-E-E. He's just calling him B like that. And I was like, is he too embarrassed to say Bumblebee? Because B is almost as be. embarrassing. I would not yell Bumblebee out loud. I don't think oh, I would ever probably do his that contract. Either. Yo, bro, I almost sound like a fag. Oh, cut that. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah, it I have just, to admit, you're doing a damn me. good impression of Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I feel like he says queer at least eight times a day. Talk Mostly to, to his brothers. <laughs> Yo, well, Wahlberg is bro. B's coming in. <laughs> Can't call him Bumblebee. That would sound weird. Get your ass kicked down, something like that. Whatever you hear David Ortiz say, Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so he calls him B. But more importantly, Kelsey Grammer convinces Stanley Tucci to let him use Stinger and Galvatron to take down the Autobots because he's a bad guy. Right. 
So there's a really shitty fight, and it looks awful because like the whole transforming effect looks horrendous. And Galvatron fights Optimus, and he tries to stab Galvatron in the spark, or as he described it to Cade, his soul. But oh my god, there's nothing there. No, no, I know what you're asking yourself. Is this like some kind of metaphor for like the use of drones in combat, taking the humanity out of these life or death situations? Seems like that's a good question. Yeah, probably, but Lockdown appears, shoots Optimus Prime, and then traps him in a big net and takes him onto his alien ship. Oh. There's a lot of movie left. Oh. So the creators, who we saw just carpet-bombing dinosaurs, want Optimus back. What does that mean? You'll never find out. The net also traps a nearby car that Tessa happened to be hiding in. Which culminates in Marky Mark punching the ground and screaming in slow motion. I actually forgot uh, about that. It's really funny looking. Fantastic. So that leaves him with one solution, Chris. You know what that is? What could that possibly be? They have to get on his spaceship and get them back. Right. So Lockdown puts Optimus in a cage and he tells him the ship was originally used by a group of legendary knights until he made it a prison ship. No, the, they're not going to... This Chris, doesn't have anything to do with the fifth movie, right? Are those the same knights in part five? Great uh, question, because we'll never know. Uh, well, I don't I don't know if I want to know. Correct. So at this point, Kelsey Grammer boards Lockdown's alien spaceship to negotiate with the bounty hunter about getting his seed, and I just die laughing. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> Uh, that's that's fantastic so the seed is the thing that can turn life into transformers i think i've honestly seen this movie i think three times in my life i still don't know what the seed is or why they all want it or why they crave that robot seed i, I honestly don't know i swear to god the next time i hook i will tell the girl that my seed can turn into a transformer <laughs> hey girl you made of organic life because my seed's gonna transform you <laughs> so while hey, Kelsey girl, Grammer Transformers, what, no, wait, where are you going? Uh, uh, actually, in the continuity. <laughs> okay, so the seed. So they're talking about the seed, but meanwhile, <laughs> Cade Yeager, Shane, and the Autobots stow away on the ship, and essentially, I cut out about thirty minutes where they escape. It's just it's, going along, them escaping for 30 minutes? Agonizing. It might only be 20, but it felt like an eternity, so I'm rounding up, because I deserve <sighs> it. At one point, Cade takes a giant alien sword, but it also turns into a laser gun, because... Whatever. Now, you'll remember, at one point, he mentioned Bud Light. Yeah. This is my favorite scene in the movie, where they crash land back on Earth after a half-hour nonsense... They land in a Bud Light truck that spills over, and then Marky Mark picks one up off the ground and drinks it. Are you serious? It's so good. You should you should probably YouTube it. Him holding a robot sword gun while chucking a Bud Light on the street. It's incredible. <laughs> All he needs to do is like wink to the camera, pull out his wallet, start counting the bills. <laughs> oh, man. I have so much more left to go, and it's just no, breaking man. my spirit. Yeah, you would think a normal movie would be over by now, right? Yeah, I would, or at least I would hope it would be. Yeah. Meanwhile, at KSI, oh. 
they decided to move all their operations to Hong Kong to maximize their sweet, sweet box office returns or hide from robots, either one. <laughs> Tucci's still mad that not only did Galvatron disregard the orders he was given, but he could speak. He's not supposed to be able to do that. I wonder what's going on. I hope it's not Megatron. That's right. It it would be really dumb if it was Megatron because it wouldn't make sense why Megatron looks like Megatron in Part Five and not like Galvatron because it looks different. Not like I'd be able to tell the difference. Not like it matters. The fucking writer director doesn't care. Why do I? Because my life exactly. is empty. So the Autobots and humans regroup. Optimus is like, "Hey guys, I fought Galvatron. That's since Megatron. That's impossible." But it's not because Decept. Uh, wait, <laughs> I just wrote Decepticon. <laughs> I didn't even care. Megatron's robot brain still function, and that's why Galvatron looks like him, and why St- he let Stanley Tucci build all the drones so he could have a personal army. Again, this is all part of Megatron's master plan. Yeah, they thought he was dead because they were just experimenting on his severed head, but he was still in there, so he was like ordering him around. It it makes no sense. It doesn't matter. Who cares? But wait. The seed was used to wipe out species and harvest life-giving metal. You know how we already knew that? Well, he explains it again. Just so you know. Well, good, because I'm a complete idiot. You know, you you put it it forth really quickly, even if it did seem stupid. But... At least I understood immediately. It's just, oh, that's the way it works. So he had to explain it all for us? This movie is like eight hours long. You have to assume people are going to forget things. Well, you know, film is a visual medium. He should just show it instead of tell us. Be careful what you wish for, because he's going to show so much. (laughs) So Optimus has explained the scene. He basically implies that it created them. Now, I know you're asking yourself, wait, didn't the AllSpark create them before time began? I forgot about AllSpark. Yeah, so did he. He by Energon. Because never mentioned again. It's like, yeah, this gave us life. The seed. Like, wait, what about the first two movies? Well, anyways, there's a message about going to China. So everyone's like, hey, let's go to China. And Kane calls Staley Tucci. He's like, bro, this thing's Megatron. You gotta stop doing it. Or yeah, someone's gonna die. Yeah, you gotta stop. You can't go forward. This is Megatron's gonna make an army. Red Sox. So everyone boards a spaceship and they fly to Hong Kong. And at this point, Lockdown's like, wait a second. Y'all left with Optimus Prime. Oh, I'm gonna turn this plane around. And there's still like an hour left in this fucking movie. Yeah, keep going. So Kelsey Grammer gives Stanley Tucci his seat. <laughs> <laughs> Tucci's gonna detonate it in the desert. He's gonna harvest all the results and just make hella Transformers. But now he's apprehensive because Texas great inventor is like, hey, bro, it's Megatron. But Kelsey Grammer's like, I'm evil, so you're going to do it. And then Galvatron activates for no reason and affects all the other Transformers that they made. And now he's got his little army. And then the big dumb robot fight breaks out for like the next 45 goddamn minutes. So the big dumb fight happens in the middle of Hong Kong. You know why? Because money. these movies are really popular in China? <laughs> you know why else? Because there's a lot of people there, and Michael Bay does not give a fuck about civilian casualties. <laughs> he has killed millions. Yeah. Honestly, I... at this point, the government's right. The robots should not be here. They should all be shipped off. I think, yeah, you know, at this point, he is probably right. Why don't they just go to, like, Mars or Jupiter? Or literally anywhere else in the goddamn galaxy. Uh, well... 
So there's a whole bunch of like really really shitty like third rate Jason Bourne stuff involving Katie Yeager and the mercenary dude, which I cut all of it, but I just wanted to let you know that Mark Wahlberg, the inventor, kills the professional assassin by throwing a football at him so hard it sends him flying out a window to his death. It was important to me that you knew that. Well, now I know it. I don't know what I'm going to do with that information, but... Uh, Bury it deep down like I do, and then drink, mostly. So the Autobots are outnumbered by a lot. Oh no, are they going to lose? No. Optimus... (laughs) Optimus... Optimus takes the sword. There's like a bunch of swords sitting on the ship. So he just grabs one and was like, I'm going to use this. And he goes and frees the legendary knights who were also imprisoned. The Dinobots. Two hours in. Every poster and commercial had the Dinobots on it. We are past the runtime of 90% of movies. And here they are. <sighs> More dumb explosions. Takes forever and ever and ever. Galvatron eventually escapes the fight because, of course, who could possibly care? Lockdown ship appears and does the same thing from the end of Man of Steel. Did you ever sit through Man of Steel? No, I absolutely did not. Wait, did I? Hold up. You know, at the end they yeah, had yeah, that I spaceship did, that, that like lifts that everything suck. off the ground. Yeah, yeah it's that. It's I the did, exact okay, same yeah, thing. Yeah, I didn't see it in theaters. I I watched it later. Yeah, there's about ten minutes of it just sucking up all the metal, and then Optimus shoots it once and it turns off. Uh, the metal. Do you mean the transformium? Yes. You just wanted me to say it, and I'm not going to yeah. say it again. Uh, but I'll you say it again. Up your girlfriend? Eh, I think she just texted me. I think she's up. Mm-hmm. I'm almost done. I'm about to barrel through this. Yeah, here we go. But the last time I'm going to say Transformium is, hey, couldn't you just use that to rebuild Cybertron and not have the fifth movie? Yeah, well, does he have enough? You know, it's bigger than Earth. <sighs> I fucking hate this franchise. <laughs> okay. So we do the Man of Steel thing, goes on forever, Optimus shoots inside the, the plane like literally once and then it just shuts off. So Prime and Lockdown fight, like you expect. At one point, Katie Yeager's there, because like, why wouldn't he be? And Kelsey Grammer's about to murder him, and Optimus Prime shoots Kelsey Grammer to death. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny, dude. <laughs> so Lockdown stabs Optimus with his own sword, and then Bumblebee and all the people show up, and they're like, oh my god, we have to help Optimus. And then eventually Optimus gets rescued, and he uses the sword to cut Lockdown in half. And then throws one of those big seed grenades, and that kills all the drones. Oh, that that kills drones now. I I thought it. Oh, maybe yeah, it's like good, reverse effect. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. So as we're wrapping this all up, like everything's like coming together, it cuts to Galvatron, who's like miles away. He's just like, oh, we'll meet again, and then it cuts away. <laughs> and then the Do end of the Lincoln movie. Park. Better. The very last thing we see. Is Optimus telling everyone, like, oh, I gotta go to space. And Mark Wahlberg's crying, like, oh my god, Optimus, am I gonna see you again? And then Optimus flies off. He's like, someone's looking out for me, so I'm gonna go find him. And then Imagine Dragon starts playing. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? This is serious. (laughs) (laughs) 
someone's looking out for me, so that's why he goes into outer space and meets Quintessa, who tells him that he has to be bad now. Yeah, he's it like, they're looking for me. a lot of convincing. So, so he flies into out. space, and then next time we see him, he's just frozen and floating like an asshole. <laughs> You'd think, yeah, that's one of the things. I don't know much about Transformers. I do know he's like the main face of the series. Why is he gone for the first two hours of the movie? That's a great question. It's <laughs> a great, great question. And indeed, it will be a two-parter. Uh, go ahead and join us for part two. That's coming up soon. I'm going to upload it as soon as possible for you guys. It's going to be just about Transformers the last night. After that, we're never talking about Transformers ever again until the Bumblebee standalone movie.